The third question when it comes to Saquon, which I haven't heard anybody bring up, anyone, and it's very, this is the biggest concern for me. And I'm going to go out right now and tell you, if you draft Saquon Barkley, number one, you're not wrong. If you draft Saquon Barkley at any time, you're not wrong. But Saquon Barkley, I firmly believe, when you, the fantasy football championship in whatever league you're playing, if that league was ending in October. But it's not. And here's the third and final question for Saquon Barkley. And I don't have an answer for this, but I'm going to try to find one and feel good with whatever I find. I think the Giants are going to suck this year. So here's the problem. We know Eli's starting the year. We know they drafted that bum Daniel Jones. If the Giants are 4-9 and nine, and the season kind of over, well, let's even say 4-7, and seven, does Daniel Jones come in? Because if Daniel Jones comes in, geez, if you thought they were going to stack the box with Eli, they sure as shit have stacked the box with Daniel Jones. How are we even moving the football if you're a Saquon Barkley owner? Now, you could hope in a full-point PPR, yes, you could say, well, Joe, then they're going to throw more. Daniel Jones, we don't know how he can throw the football. And are they going to throw more at that point? Does Barkley now get completely beat up because now they're throwing the ball less? I'm very concerned with that. A lot of people are not bring that up. If Daniel Jones comes in, because the Giants, as an organization, franchise, is saying, hey, listen, you know, they're three and seven, four and seven, four and eight, whatever it may be. Those are, and Daniel Jones needs to come in because they're just waving the white flag on their season. They're going to now start the Daniel Jones era because they spent a first round pick on him. I, I have a funny feeling that's going to really hurt Saquon Barkley fantasy owners. I really do. And I'm very concerned. With a number one overall pick and Saquon Barkley going over 50% in the clip, I'm very, very concerned that Daniel Jones is not going to be able to make those throws. They are going to just single cover everybody. Not going to double cover any, And they're definitely stacking the box. I mean, that offense could be brutal with Daniel Jones. Whether it's Eli's fault or not. See, Eli Manning can be serviceable and be fine and not get in your way as a Saquon Barkley fantasy owner. But now, all of a sudden, if the Giants themselves have a terrible record and are done, and they move on to Daniel Jones, that is going to have ramifications for Saquon Barkley owners, and that makes me very concerned. So those are your three questions when it comes to Saquon. The number two pick that's going off the board is Zeke. Zeke, again, low-hanging fruit. Number one, his attitude is he's going to get suspended. Number two, okay, this holdout. He wants his money. He wants his money. What are you going to do? He wants his money. I don't think he's going to hold down for Le'Veon Bell. Hopefully, that question gets answered in the next few weeks. After that, Zeke. So he got his attitude, his holdout. After that, when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott, in a full-point PPR, it's his catches. It's his targets. Look at Zeke. Zeke caught 70 balls last year. People think Zeke's just a, you know, he's Ironhead Hayward. He, he's he's great, but he caught 70 balls last year. I don't think he's catching 70 again. With a full season of Amari Cooper, who I do think takes a step back, I think Randall Cobb is going to be great for the Cowboys offense. I really do. It's not a Cowboys preview. We're just talking fancy how it's going to hurt Zeke. you got to look at that if you're a PPR. If you're drafting Zeke, number two, because of his 70 balls that he caught, I don't know, man. 
I don't know. I would draft Zeke more because that offense is running through him. It's a better offense and a better defense than the Giants. So, hey, if you got a better defense, then guess what? That defense is going to get off the field more. And that's going to be more snaps to the offense, more snaps, more potential for your offensive players and fantasy. So that's going to be big. If you're a PPR, does he catch 70 balls again? I don't think he does. Number three off the list, Kamara. Kamara, Alvin Kamara to me is a guy who can easily, easily be number one fantasy running back at the end of this year. And again, any of these guys I think can be. Alvin Kamara, the question with him has always been, can he handle the primary role? I think he can. If you watched games last year, even goal line, when um, Mark Ingram was out earlier in the year, they went to Kamara and no one skipped a beat. It was fine. So that's the one, again, low-hanging fruit. They've been talking about that for years. I don't think it's a big deal. The number two is Drew Brees. Drew Brees, we know, is an elite quarterback. He's been forever. We don't even need to go into the Drew Brees thing. But now you've got other options. Michael Thomas just got a huge extension. Okay, a huge extension. I know Breeze likes to spread the ball around, but Michael Thomas with the huge extension, he gets cooked. Breeze has some more weapons. Does that chip into, just like Zeke, just like with some of these running backs, does that chip into their targets in a PPR league? Kamara, I don't think so. I think Kamara is such a huge weapon to that offense. I don't, and the way the Saints run their offense, I don't think it does. I think Kamara, you can put Kamara down for anywhere for an 1,100 yards on the ground and another 70, 80 bowls caught. That's my opinion. The third and final one is if they do give him more of a workload, can he make through a full season? And we don't know that. Those are three questions you need to ask yourself when drafting Alvin Kamara. I feel safer drafting Kamara than some of these other guys. McCaffrey usually is going off the board number four. Okay, C-Mac blew himself up. I said it during the preview general podcast I had, you know, getting all excited about fantasy football. C-Mac looks like a freaking Avenger. You know, he put on like 30 million pounds of muscle. He wants the load. Here's question number one. Again, low-hanging fruit. We always saw question number one is an easy one. Everyone's always talking about it. Can he handle the workload just like a Kamara? I don't know, man. The guy beefed up. I'm going to say he probably can, you know, especially with what he did last year. Number two, can he also continue to be the main part of that offense? I think he can. You know, Olsen's older. Cam Newton, yes, I know Cam Newton can run four or 500 yards because Cam Newton's just bigger than most linebackers. So he's going to get those few extra yards. But Newton is not the best and most accurate quarterback. So he loves those checkdowns. He loves hitting McCaffrey and then letting his stats go. Hit McCaffrey on a quick little dump, you know, something in the flats, let McCaffrey go peel off 15 yards. So I think McCaffrey gets the same amount of targets. I think McCaffrey can handle the workload. And the third and final one, of that is the coaching staff. The coaching staff has come out. If you're interested in drafting McCaffrey, you need to really watch the preseason. And it's going to be interesting, not just watching it, because McCaffrey, these guys never get a ton of carries anyway because they have to stay healthy for week one. But watching the preseason for the other guys. Watch McCaffrey's backups. Watch what the Panthers do and how those guys come along. So you're not even really watching for McCaffrey. You know he's the starter. You know he's the guy running through the offense. So it's fine. But the, pa- the Carolina Panthers coaches have come out and said they want to lighten the workload. So do I think McCaffrey can handle the workload? I do. Do I think McCaffrey's going to get as many targets? I do. But does the coaching staff? And that's the third question you've got to look in. So already we've gone through Barkley is usually going number one on these drafts. 
Zeke, the three questions you have to ask yourself, Kamara and McCaffrey, I know a lot of these questions are kind of overlapping, but you do have to ask these for each guy. And at least that third question, hopefully I'm giving you guys something to think about. Number five off the board, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, again, low-hanging fruit. He hasn't played for a year. He hasn't played for a year. How's he going to respond to really getting hit? Is he really is he rested or is he rusty? No one knows until the games get going, and you know they're not going to give him 20 carries in a preseason game, so we're not going to really know until week one. That's number. That's question number one. Question number two, is Le'Veon Bell motivated? I think he is. I think Le'Veon Bell has a huge chip on his shoulder. As a Jeff fan, I'm keeping up with everything day-to-day. This guy, him and Jamal Adams are now like the best of friends. I love everything I'm hearing from Le'Veon Bell and Jamal Adams and everything else. Le'Veon Bell is going to have an amazing year. Le'Veon Bell could be the number one running back in fantasy. Question number three. Gase loves him. I know all the reports they didn't want to pay for him. I get it. Gase loves him. The whole thing, I think the Jets' defense is going to be so much better than it's been on Todd Bowles. Now, Greg Williams and guys like Mosley and things like that, Tremaine Johnson is going to come back and have a better year. So, again, you got to look at the defenses. Good defenses get off the field, which means they put your offense back on the field. So all these guys you're drafting in fantasy, you draft in the first 10, 15 rounds, whatever it is, how many rounds it is, because you know they're good offensively. Well, they got to be on the field. they got to be on the field. they got to be getting their targets. they got to be getting their carries. they got to be passing the ball. If they're not on the field because their defense sucks and other teams are just mowing down the field, then it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. you got to look at that. I do think the Jets' defense is going to be ready so, and better. So the third question when it comes to Le'Veon Bell, is Sam Darnold going to give him enough targets? See, Ben Roethlisberger was able to with Juju and Brown and all these other guys and the Jesse James and all this other stuff back in the day. Roethlisberger was always able to give Bell his targets, but we knew what the Steelers' offense was going to be. We knew that, yes, Antonio Brown is a freak as he is, we knew what Roethlisberger was going to do. We knew that relationship. We do not know that relationship with Darnold and Bell. We also don't know how Darnold's going to play it. It's only his second year as a quarterback. You know, he's got Anunua, Crowder. He's got Robbie Anderson. Uh, any of those Antonio Brown? No. Any of those even Juju Smith-Schuster? No, not yet. They haven't shown that. But with that and Herndon, the tight end from last year, is going to come back as a four-game suspension. I, there are a lot of balls that need to go around. I think they run that offense for Le'Veon Bell. I am completely okay with drafting Le'Veon Bell. I would even draft Le'Veon Bell over Christian McCaffrey if you are sitting there at three or four. That's what I would do. I would think that the first two are going to be Zeke. Even if you went Le'Veon Bell two, I would be okay with anyone drafting Le'Veon Bell anywhere in the top five. If you want to draft them one because you're a Jeff fan and you love them, go for it. Le'Veon Bell has been the top fantasy running back for years. Don't let the year off throw you off. That's me. Okay. Number six, David Johnson. David Johnson, ton of questions. Number one, can he get back to the fantasy relevancy that he did when he was one of the number one, number two fantasy running backs? We don't know. I think he can. There's no reason why he can't. So easy question. Yes, he's going to be fine. Number two, the new coaching staff. How are they going to use him in the offense? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. That is something that you guys are going to have to do your research on with David Johnson and the offense. Is it going to run through him? I would think it would. I would think a lot of passes are going to go through him. Um, you know, guys have left the Cardinals. Deep threats like the John Browns of the world are gone. Larry Fitz is still there. He's still going to get his 100 targets, 90, 90 to 100 targets. Larry Fitz is a great late-round pick. You know, I know this is a running back special, but we're talking about David Johnson. This offense is going through David Johnson. It's Kyler Murray, David Johnson, and we know 
a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback's best friend is the tight end as a safety, as a safety, uh, you know, plug, the tight end and the running back who can catch passes. David Johnson is a great pick. If you're sitting anywhere from five through eight, I think he's going to be available five through eight. I can understand if you go with him. I could understand if you're a little nervous and you want a DeAndre Hopkins or a Tyree Kill type guy. Again, it depends on your stats. The last and seventh guy, which is crazy that in just one year he goes from basically one or two to seven, is Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, it's so interesting to me, Gurley, and I really have to do my own research on this. See, with the number one pick that I have, none of these – it's just I make my pick and then that's it. I sit there. All these guys are going to be gone. So you guys were sitting there at, let's say, seven or sitting there at 11 or whatever it is. If you're sitting in the middle of the draft, it's kind of nice. You know, if you have a 12-team league, you're anywhere from, let's say, five to seven, five, six, seven. That's somewhere where you're, where you're making your picks. You have the choices of these guys, but also some things have kind of come off the board. So, yes, you have some choices. But for the most part, it's just kind of your feel. At the end of the draft, it gets a little dicey because I'm going to make my pick. If I pick Saquon Barkley over a Bell or over a Zeke, Saquon gets hurt. The Daniel Jones thing comes into play. You know, I'm asking myself these questions on all these guys. And now all of a sudden, I don't have the best running back in fantasy football in 2019. And when you have the first draft pick, you need the guy to be the top one or two running back. In fantasy football, you need it. If not, it's going to be a very, very tough year. And also, you need that end-of-season push. Todd Gurley, I think, is someone who's going to start off slow. I think he may have an opposite, opposite year of Saquon Barkley. So when it comes to Gurley, the first thing you have to ask yourself is this. Is he fully healthy? Reports are right now that he's not. So how much does that hurt you? If you're drafting him seven right now, I'm rating him seven behind these guys. If you're going to rate him behind David Johnson, it's fine. At seven, I think seven, even when it comes back around, you talk about getting girly and probably a top uh, receiver, okay, or if you want to go maybe even Kelsey on the way back if you're sitting at the seventh pick right now, that is a great, great pick. You're talking about possibly getting a guy who, again, when healthy, could be the number one running back, getting a guy who could at the end of the year be the number one running back, and also maybe getting the number one tight end, or maybe also getting a wide receiver because those wide receivers are going to go fast in the PPR league too. It's really hot and heavy with the running backs and, and the wide receivers right from Jump Street. So you got to be smart if you're sitting at seven. I'm ranking Gurley seven. Gurley can end up being the number one running back, like I said, any of these guys can. But is he healthy? That's question number one. Right now, I don't think he is. From early reports, I don't think he is. Number two, Todd Gurley, okay? Healthy or not, did anything show last year with C.J. Anderson – and I know it's it's a different name this year, but C.J. Anderson getting into those carries Gurley later in the year. Does that show that, you know what, maybe Gurley, the Rams are so invested in Todd Gurley, maybe they don't make him the workhorse that he's been in these years where he's been the top fantasy. That's a big question. Are they going to use him the way McVay used him in McVay's first year. See, when McVay took over the Rams, the first thing he said is, we're moving Todd Gurley all the way around. Gurley was in the slot. Gurley was out. So I loved it. Everything that McVay did with Todd Gurley, I absolutely 100% loved it. Are they going to continue to do that considering he's not healthy? Even when he gets 100% healthy, if it's before week one or sometime in week two, week three, or even in the middle of the season, are they going to say, you know what? Ah, He's healthy now. It's not worth it. He's just getting healthy. Let's give him his 20-something carries. We'll dump the ball down him four or five times. But, you know, we're not going to give him his seven, eight, 
eight targets that he was getting when we were lining him in the slot and making him a fantasy beast? That's a big question. That's a big question. Just like McCaffrey, where you're going to want to see how that offense plays, McCaffrey is a little bit easier. Is the number two and number three running back, in the way the Panthers' new head coach, are they going to run this kind of like a running back by committee-ish to keep McCaffrey fresh? Are they going to do that? Because we know McCaffrey's a home run hitter. The Rams have so many weapons offensively. You know, the Woods, the everybody of the world, the Cubs, we all, we all know the names. And with Jared Goff, you know, trying to take the next step as a quarterback, is he now throwing the ball down the field? And is Gurley not even on the field as much because he's going to have this injury issue? And even when he comes back healthy, is it worth it putting Gurley in these different spots if the Rams are already running away with the West? It's, it's a good question. And you got to really look at this and say, are the Rams deep enough where you could say, you know what, Gurley's still better than the number two or three option, but maybe they're putting someone else as a fourth wide receiver, but they're putting someone else in the slot. They got their guys. You know, now Cooper Cup's back. He's in the slot. They don't need Gurley out there. Now Gurley's coming out for wide receiver sets because, hey, you know what, he's dealing with an injury or he just got healthy. That is big. Those are targets that are coming off the board. So that's question two. And question three really comes down to, are the Rams going to be the offense that they had last year. And with McVay, I think it is. I think McVay is such a good coach. They got such a good vibe going there. Obviously, they, the offense did absolute crap in the Super Bowl. But you know what? Gurley could win you your league. Any of these guys. But you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't ask yourself these three main questions. And again, a lot of these questions people are not asking themselves. You know, everything is, oh, it's the injury. It's the workload. It's, it's the PPR. Yes. But you have to watch preseason games. And you have to at least, at least look at the box score and look at the highlights. You have to at least do that. People who don't watch the preseason games, and you don't want to sit down and watch for three hours, fine. I don't care. You know, Just look at the box score. But if you are serious about fantasy football and serious about making money, this is where you make your money. This is where you make your money. And this. With those top seven that should go off the board anywhere from the top seven to the top 12, you know they're going the first round, any of these seven guys, because they can win you your league. These also would dictate your handcuffs. When handcuffs, if you don't know what I'm talking about, those late-round guys, do you get the ba- girlies backup? Do you get McCaffrey's backup? Is it worth getting Zeke's backup? Is it worth doing that? Is it worth getting Bell's backup? Is it worth doing that based on how the offense is going to run? That is a big question for all of these guys. Because in the past, you'd spend a first-round pick on a Saquon Barkley and say, all right, now I need to get Wayne Goldman because, you know, he's, he's Saquon's backup. You know, not necessarily if you don't think that the offense is going to run the same way. If you think that if you're watching these games, you're saying, hey, well, look, you take the Giants, for instance, with Saquon Barkley, because I'm not going to do this for every team right now. We're already getting long on the podcast. But if you look at it and say, hey, you know what, the Giants – fourth wide receiver is better, is a better football player than Wayne Goleman at running back. Yeah, Wayne Goleman can have a nice game or two, but you know what? They're not giving Goleman 30 carries. They're not giving Goleman, you know, 20 carries and or 25 carries and another 8 to 10 targets like they would give Barkley. So is it worth getting the handcuff with that? Or do you go get a number two wide receiver later in the draft instead of getting Barkley's handcuff? So you got to think along those lines. Every handcuff is not created equal. You know, you look at a Carolina Panthers team that doesn't really have a lot of options. McCaffrey's handcuff, if anything were to happen to McCaffrey, has a really good chance of stepping up. You know, the Jets, 
The Jets, you know, you talk about Bilal Powell's of the world, Elijah Maguire's, nothing great. You know, that Cowboys running back, ah, eh, all right, I think they'd run it through Dak. So you got to really look at the offense. You can't just willy-nilly this bullshit and take it out of, out of thin air. If you're serious about your fantasy, you have to ask yourself these questions. We're going to give you exactly what I think a breakdown is, okay, for every single position. When it comes to running backs, the first thing you have to say to yourself is, are one of these seven guys going to be available to whenever I'm picking? And if they are, if you're early in the, in the draft, you have to answer these questions for yourself. Feel good about it and draft whoever you like. If you're sitting at 7, 8, 9, 10, even 11 or 12, and one of these guys is available, you have to, have to take them. Because the way the running back is right now in fantasy football, full-point PPRs, any of these seven guys can win you your league. So those are the questions, three questions you got to answer yourself for every top fantasy football running back going into 2019. Driving with Joe. I feel it.